you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I want to speak about following the will of God part two. I started part one last week and I want to deal with part two. Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter three and from verse five to six. Proverbs chapter three and from verse five to six. Sorry guys up there, I didn't send it to you. Uh, we're canceling right into the service. So sometimes when you see us sneaking, it's not because we're big shots and we don't want to do praise and worship. No, but Sometimes you're counseling, you can't just kick them out uh, because there's some, in, some difficult things that, you know, so till 7.35, 7.40 was still there. I know some people will say, yeah, but it's 7.30, but, you know, please. So, guys, just follow me as you can. I'll give you the, um, I'm, going, I'm going to Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 6, and then get ready. I'm going to Job 33, 14 to 17. I would like to use the Message Bible. Job, that's the one, the most important one. Job 33, 14 to 17, that's the message. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. I'm using the New Living Translation for this, hopefully it is. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. And everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Job chapter 33. Folks, listen to this carefully. Job 33, 14 to 17, the Message Bible. Let's see if they can get that up. Job chapter 33, 14 to 17. It says, God, listen to me. It says, God always answers. God, what? Always answers. God always answers one way or another. Even when people don't recognize his presence. Uh, are you on the right one? All right, right. Okay, just listen to me. Even when people don't recognize his presence. In a dream, for instance, a vision at night, when men and women are deep in sleep, Fast asleep in their beds. God opens their ears and impresses them with warnings to turn them back from something bad they're planning from some reckless choice. Did you see that? From some reckless choice. So listen to me. Knowing what God wants and says about your life will save you from a lifetime of misery. After 22 years of marriage, I have found out that if God hadn't spoken to me, that means 22 years of my life, I would have flushed down the toilet and counting. Are you following what I'm saying? It will save you from a lifetime of misery. Knowing what God wants Knowing what God wants and says about your life will save you from a lifetime of misery. Those who have succeeded and had great significance are those who followed or those who have followed the voice of God and be able to discern. This is where we're going to that. Those who are able to discern between the voice of the world and the voice of the word. Those who you see that have significance, those who are successful 
in Christ, not the world, in Christ are those who have been able to discern, discern the voice of God, discern between what the world says and what the word says. Because in the world, there are many voices that are competing for your attention. And the massive distraction and attraction that has blighted the young ones these days uh, have produced uncalculable or untold amount of disappointment and misery and unfruitfulness in the lives of people. The attraction and distraction. What I am up against as a pastor is fighting against the distraction and attraction because they are attractions. Don't, I'm not deceiving myself. The world can offer something better than what the church can. That soothes the flesh. And I love what Pastor Tinu said on Sunday as I was listening to them. He says, he says, in the last days, many people want to do things of themselves. They, they will be lovers of themselves. And carefully, I need us to understand that if we are going to sit down with God, we've got to be able to battle against the attractions and distractions that the world offers. If you haven't heard God's voice, don't do anything until you have. Don't let your need to know or your need for security or your action plan or schedule dictate when God must speak or else you will act without hearing his voice. Don't make a move unless God speaks to, me, speaks to you. This afternoon I was praying, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What's the next? What's the vision for the church? You didn't say anything. That means just keep doing what you're doing. Simple. Keep doing what you're doing. I have seen people who have a five-year plan, a ten-year plan for their church. I know that I don't have a ten-year plan for nothing. I don't have a year, ten-year plan for worship time. I'm like, I don't have a ten-year plan. Because if I had a ten-year plan when we started, that plan doesn't look anywhere like where we are right now. Does that mean you shouldn't plan? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just not going to plan because other people plan. I will wait till he gives me his plan. And then we will go forward. Are you following what I'm saying? If God doesn't speak a word for the year, there's no word for the year. There's a year in worship time. Like people say, what does God say for the year? He didn't say anything. He just said we should carry on. He would lead us beside the still water spirit. That's it. The fact that there's a word every single year doesn't mean there will be a word every single year. There was a time that God, we were having online prayer meeting every single first three days of the month and God said, cancel it, so I cancel it. Don't make a move until you hear God. Don't go into that business until you hear God. Don't go into that relationship until you hear God. Don't, don't do it. As much as it, as it looks it's right, don't do it. Because many of us, we go into things because we lack the word. Let me read a story that I've read here before. In a small Kansas town, a number of years ago in America, many of the residents were gathered in the high school gymnasium for a basketball game. This is a true story. Things were going well for the home team and the supporters had reason to stomp, clap and cheer. But what happened at halftime changed that little town forever. The fans packed into the gym. The fans packed into the gym were suddenly rocked by a powerful explosion, the kind that vibrates in your chest. Everyone ran outside to see what had happened. As it turned out, the town's massive grain elevator had collapsed and fallen across a small nursery school. Five little children died that day. What could have caused the disaster? After a close inspection of the grain elevator's foundation, investigators discovered that termites 
had eaten the heart out of the beam and the rafters, leaving only a deceptive empty shell. The damage done by the timers is hard to detect because they walk on the inside of the wood. Why did I say that? Because this is what happens to people that disregard God's words. Indifference to God's words and commandments allows spiritual tamats to eat away at a person's life and character, which ends up bringing the person down. And people who know the person says, how could this be? Because everything looked good on the outside. My wife and I, some time ago, we were aghast at a relationship that fell apart, a marriage that fell apart. We looked at each other and said, hang on. I mean, on the outside, it looked perfect. We, We were shocked. But the problem was that you can hold your hands on the outside and prove to everybody else that things are working well. But if you're not working the word on the inside of your marriage, it's soon going to come down. If this building is not on a sure foundation, it's soon going to come down. If the, and can I say this clearly? I know sometimes people say you talk about relationships so much and all that kind of Yes, I am. Because that's the essence of life. If God's word brought you together, it is the continuation of the word that will make you stay together. It is easy to obtain and very difficult to maintain. Usain Bolt could not maintain running forever. His longevity depended on how much work he put into it even during times he hated to get up and train. Are you following what I'm saying? The first defeat Mike Tyson ever had was, oh, I can get up. He didn't train. He was sleeping around, had problems with this one lady and all that. Got up, uh, had a match, got into the match, thought because he can intimidate everyone, got in there and then found out that on the 10th round, they knocked him out. Because, you know, on the outside, nothing physically changed. He was bulky. He walked into the ring. He walked around usually. In fact, he, he, he floored the guy in the eighth round or seventh round. But, so he was walking around like, I've done it again. Even at my worst, I can still knock you out. What he didn't realize that the power on the outside is always subjective to the power on the inside. He was rotting away on the inside. Issues were happening on the inside. So it was a matter of time before he fell. It wasn't the punch that fell him. It was the punches that he received out of the ring. It's not what you do in the ring that determines who you are. It's what you do outside of the ring. And a failure to consistently obey and follow the voice of God is going to make termites start to eat away at what you felt was going well. How much do you know God's word? Is an important question. More important is how much are you applying it to your life with what you know? Isaiah 30, 21 says, you shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left hand. So it's very important as I open up tonight that the word of God is the ultimate for our life. And the continuous saying on the word of God. Funny thing is that when I heard some of the messages on the weekend, you know, when my wife came back on Saturdays, I was wonderful and all that. The question I kept asking is, how much of that word is retained inside the life of these people? How much of it are they really going to make it a lifestyle? Because sometimes we're excited by the delivery of the word, but not by the execution of the word. How much of that word have we taken this week? Or in a few weeks, have we gone back to the same? few days, we've gone back to the same us. Same anger, same shouting, same screaming, same attitude, same depression, same stuff. Just in a few days. How much of that word 
is being, is being operated in our lives. And this is how God's voice becomes rare in our lives because even what he said we haven't followed. So one of the questions that people ask me as we continue is the question is how can I know the difference between God's will and my will? How can I know the difference? This message today doesn't offer all the answers for that complex decisions of life, but it does offer a plan for following what God wants you to do. The answers to following the, this question should help you to evaluate or give you the ability to make a God-honoring decision when faced with difficult choices. What do I do? How can I know it's not me? How can I know it's God? But let me quickly do this, because today is a teaching, so let me quickly do this. Before we can attempt to answer the question, I want us to sincerely consider the following statements, some of which I have dealt with before. Before you can answer the question, how do I know if it's God or not God, these are the following questions I want to ask you. You have to first say, have I asked God, number one, for God's, have I asked for God's help? Have I really honestly asked for God's help? And also, an addendum to that is, do I show my trust for God in every area of my life, not merely this decision? <laughs> so God, is this the man? Is this the woman for my life? Is this the career for my life? Question is, have you even asked God and do you obey God for other areas of your life? Or is this the most interesting aspect of your life? Because once God answers that question, then you can put God aside and continue with what you're doing. So the question never gets answered of discerning between your will and God's will. Because you're only always asking God the question for certain areas of your life. But certain areas is a no-go area. Did you get something from that? So the first question is, have I asked God for help? And do I even trust him if he gives me the help in other areas and not just on this decision? Do I trust God for his help regarding how I can be a good husband to my wife? Or am I just always asking God, how can I be a good pastor? Because as a good pastor, honor and accolades come. But as a good husband... Maybe you don't get any rewards or clap for that. And God is saying no. First be a pastor in your house. Before you become a pastor outside. And that's why there are many successful pastors in court. But their families is a shattering. In fact, in this day and age of Instagram and all that. It's becoming disheartening. Because you, you hear it quickly. Now sometimes you get these rascals that come out and talk about their marriage and how it's broken up and all that kind of stuff. So I have pity for them. I'm not condemning them. But sometimes it's, 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 it's hurtful, especially for you that is trying to make people stay in relationships and pray for them. Because they, they keep pointing fingers like, well, do I have to stay there? At least this one didn't stay there. Because termites have started to eat into the relationship long before because most of their decisions that they ask God and they say they hear God for... Is things that would bring public accolade. Number two, do I obey God clearly? Do I obey God's clearly revealed will? Let me repeat this again. Do I obey God's clearly revealed will or am I operating on good reason? Before I need to attempt to deal with that question of your will, God's will, these two questions we first have to ask. Have I asked God's help? And do I trust him here? Number two, do I obey God's clearly revealed will? Or am I operating on good reason? What, what God clearly told me to do. Step out of that relationship. I'm not there. Did I clearly obey that or do I reason I'm 33? God says, God said, say, buy your mom a card and give her some money. He said that to you tonight. That's God's revealed will for Mother's Day. 
But you will clearly ignore that because mom has hurt you. But then we're now saying, God, how do I know if it is your will or just my will? For which decision? Because the one that he told you about, you still didn't follow. Mm-hmm. I can see some people sh- just moving. Hey, how can I hear the voice of God? I just told you about Mother's Day. That's God's voice. I just told you because this gives me to my thought point. As some of you are ignoring my voice. Have I sought out worthy advisors and do I listen to them? Before we want to say God's will or my will, do you really sought out worthy advisors who are the ones that actually can speak truth into your life and do you actually listen? These days, many people sit in front of me and I know they're not going to listen. So two questions I first ask. Who have you spoken to? Oh, I spoke to this pastor. That's where we end our discussion because I know you want to compare Notes. And many of you, as I told my wife, I said, don't trouble yourself too, too much. Because many people are asking different people until they get the answer they want. It's true. You all agree it's true. So don't do it. <laughs> this is the point. We all do that. We all do that. I've mentioned this before. I was going through a dry period. And I knew who I'm supposed to go to, but I don't want to hear what he's going to say to me. I knew. Over a period of time, I was going through a drive. I haven't told my wife yet, so I'm not going to tell you what I want to do. But on the... I, I wasn't here on Sunday. I was preaching in another church. But today I listened to the message, and my answer came from the message Pastor Tini preached. I've not told her what I'm going to do yet, because she will fall off her seat. But my answer for what I'm going through came from the scripture she quoted. God can speak to you through any avenue. And I wasn't here in church. And I'm sure people will be in church and say, she doesn't really understand what I'm going through. Foolishness. Because even I that wasn't here, I could listen. My prayer life changed when I wasn't in church or in the fellowship when they were preaching about prayer. It was the guys that came to me and said, wow, this man preached about prayer. I remember it was Reverend George Adibwe who preached about prayer, about praying for three hours, about that. And wow, he preached, ah, can you pray for three hours? And while they were telling me that, I wasn't there. Something was resonating in my spirit. For two years after that, every day I prayed for three hours. And those who were there, as the Bible says, some fell on the rock, some fell. On the wayside, some fell among thorns. You can be in church and be far from it. Yeah. I wasn't there on Sunday, but I picked something up and said, it's time. It's time now. I'm dilly-dallying on this. It's time. It's time. I had nothing to do with what she was talking about on the general aspect, but I just picked something. Ah, you're speaking to me. It's time. I just said, it's time. I've got to make a decision on this. Do you sort out worthy advisors? Who speaks into your life? Who 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 is in the who is in the uh, is is on your is on your on your on your table? Your advisors. And number four, am I determined? <laughs> am I determined to obey God regardless of the consequences? Let me reel this off again so you will understand. Before we attempt to answer the question, I want us to sincerely consider the following statements because this will make us know if we really truly want to know God's will or our own will. Before I tell you what you need to do, number one, have I asked God's help and do I trust him? And I know you're not taking notes, and you should take notes. Number two, do I obey God's clearly revealed will, or am I operating on good reason? You know these things I'm giving you, you know I will give you in rhymes. This is not right. This has gone beyond rhymes now. This is serious. Number three, have I sought out worthy advisors, and do I listen to them? When I went to that, that father, I said, something's going on with me. He said, well, you need to pray in tongues for one hour, minimum, every day. I'm like, I knew you were going to say that. And I left the place. And God said, that's exactly what you need. So I started. And then healing 
came after two weeks, not the first week, like some of us. Hey, you go back. Hey, I prayed, but nothing happened. You prayed for only one day. It took two weeks before I started to see the effect. Yet, you will go to your doctor. He will put you on um, antibiotics medication. And you will still keep taking it while you're coughing. You're not saying, hey, it's not working. In fact, there was one day they gave me an antibiotic. It was so, you know when you take these antibiotics and it leaves this kind of taste? Ah, it was so bad. And I had to keep taking it for 10 days. No, they give you a nugget. Have you, do you keep doing it? Hey, I went home. I said sorry to him, but nothing happened. You, you stay there. I said sorry to her, but she's still angry with me. Yes, because you've been a fool. And number four, am I determined to obey God regardless of the consequences? Because God is never going to speak to us if he knows there's nothing that's going to come out from it. The good man is anxious to be conformed to God's word. Let the road be rough or smooth. I will obey God's word. So the question is that would I obey God even if the consequences are not good? Because sometimes to obey God means I'm not going to sleep with Potiphar's wife. Sometimes to obey God's word means I'm going to be thrown into the lion's den. Don't shake your head because many of you don't want the lion's den. You just want the, you want the food spread the table in front of in the midst of my enemies. No, 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 no. There's a lion den sometimes. Uh, to obey God means that they will throw me in the fire, but I will experience the fire before he comes. Do, would I obey God regardless? Obeying God means sometimes you've got to pack your bags from that guy's house or that lady's house and move into a one bedroom place or move back into your mom's house because you're doing what is unrighteous. And God is saying, enough is enough. If you want me to bless you, you've got to stop it. Sometimes to obey God means you've got to stop sleeping and shacking up with that person. Because God wants righteousness from you. But you want to hear God's voice. God, should I marry you or not? Why are you sleeping with the person? God will say, keep sleeping with the enemy. How are you going to hear God's voice when you're already messed up? He knows even if he tells you you're still not going to obey, but then you want to decide, is it my will or is it God's will? And then a job comes, you want God to tell you, is it the job or not the job? You didn't hear God when he says, stop sleeping with someone who is not your husband or your wife. But you want him to tell you how to make progress. God doesn't bless mess. So if I close this and go home, it's enough. Because everyone, you want new revelation, there's nothing new. If you follow these four things, then you're ready to have a pure heart that God can deal with. But just because some of you think I may be lazy, let me teach you how can I recognize the voice of God or differentiate it from my thoughts or Satan's. What is the litmus test? So let me give you these seven ones. I'm not really particularly interested that much in it because I know that if the prerequisites are not in place, the rest won't work. That's why I didn't give them any notes. I thought you would make notes. I thought you would be barriers and make notes. So let's talk about the litmus test. Number one, if God ever speaks to you, how would you know the difference? Number one, God's voice will always honor him and Christ. Your decision must glorify God. Let me give those who are upstairs some work to do. First John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. First John chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Let me time them. Let me see how fast they will get this up. John chapter, first John chapter 4, verse 1. Oh, that's quick. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You must test them. To see if the spirit they have, to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Verse 2, please. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. Verse 3. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. The truth about Jesus. Not that the person is saying, I am from Jesus. I speak Jesus. The truth about Jesus. Jesus won't take a bottle of coke and pour it someone's case. Jesus won't take naked women onto a, a, a 
onto, uh, onto a beach and start kissing their bottom. Jesus won't do that. Jesus won't start touching a male, a female's anatomy and says, I'm, I'm, I'm pastor love. Jesus won't do that. Any, anything that Jesus won't do, the truth about Jesus is a lie. Jesus won't be selling a bottle of water for 20 pounds and say, it is holy water from which land? <laughs> the Bible says such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who what? Lives in you. It's greater than the spirit who lives in the world. That means the spirit in you is greater than any false prophet, any pastor, anybody. It's the, the one in you. The one in you. God's voice will always honor him. You can't tell me that God says I should go out with this person who is going out with someone else. I'm praying for God to break them up so he can patch us together. So let me ask you a question. And this is the, 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 the thing I, 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 I dread the most. What do you think will happen to you later on? Because the Bible says there's seed. Time. Not harvest time. He didn't put the time there. He just says harvest. He didn't tell you when the time is. It's just going to happen. <laughs> because if you know the time, you can pray against this. No. He says surely there will be seed time. The time you're sowing the seed and harvest. What, 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 what do you think you're doing? Oh, we're just friends. Nothing is happening. He's married. She's married. What do you really think you're doing? And then you're praying, God, is he the one or he's not the one? How does that honor Christ? How does one woman crying somewhere about not having any more intimacies with her husband is giving you joy? How? How is it that you heard God, that God said to you, don't serve in that church? God said that to you? How does that honor Christ? How does it honor Christ when you just care that God told me to stay away from my husband, my wife for a while because they're, they're, they're not spiritual? Even God says that if the unbelieving person does not want to depart from you, he says you as a believer makes your entire generation holy in the book of 1 Corinthians 7 or 8, chapter 7 or 8. So how does that honor Christ? How does it going out with an unbeliever honor Christ? What are you praying about? Why are you quiet? Put this for free on the... On our stuff. You want to know between your God's will or your own will? I'm telling you. How does that honor Christ? What, what honor does that bring in God? How can you dishonor God and say, God, is this your will? You're blatantly stealing from someone else, from your office. And you're saying to me, this is God's will for me to get my harvest while I'm there. What are you doing? God told you, God said to me, I should sit down for a while and do nothing in church. So the ones who are doing it, what exactly is God saying to them? Does he honor Christ? Ladies and gentlemen, we really have got to start to understand that the litmus test of if it's God's voice is, does he honor him? Number two, God's voice will be consistent with his word. If it's not in the word, don't do it. Being consistent with his word does not simply mean applying a quotation from the scriptures. The devil quoted a scripture to Jesus. Why did he not jump? So when people come, you know, this is the worst thing I hate when people come. And they say, the Bible says, the Bible says for your benefit. The Bible says rightly dividing the word of truth. You haven't heard it? My wife disagrees with what I'm saying or what I'm doing. And then I said, what are you doing? Honey? The Bible says you should honor your husband. The husband is the head. You're not throwing that. The husband is the head of the family. The fool is using that quotation for his foolishness. 
And then the woman throws back at the verse 23. She says, submit to one another. And then, he's, and then he says, but the Bible says I'm the head as Christ is the head. And the woman says, but the Bible says in Peter's that your prayers won't be answered if you dishonor me. You see? You see? How <laughs> they use the scriptures? Warfare. Thank you. Bible warfare. And the Bible says you should die to yourself. Die. He says you should wash me with the water and the word. That means give me everything I want. The guy's like, but you're spending too much money. He says, yeah, but as Christ died for the church, pastor said you should die. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 133 says, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let not iniquity get dominion over me. He says, direct my steps. Another verse says, order my steps in your word. Not order my steps according to my wishes. The true followers of Jesus do not ask to have his steps ordered according to the rules of pleasure. As those who always choose the easiest road. Because when you choose the easiest road, it ends up in hell. Most of the decisions we make are not spelled out specifically in the Bible. But we follow God's leading through the process of spiritually, spiritually sensitive application of biblical truth to the particulars of our situation. What did I just read there, in essence, is that there are sometimes you don't find the direct answer in the word. But you can use the word when you're full of it to make certain decisions. Number three, God's voice will often conflict with human wisdom. What's the litmus test? God's voice will always honor him. God's voice will be consistent with his words. God's voice will often conflict with human wisdom. It doesn't mean that everything God says will conflict with all common wisdom of thought, but it will often transcend it. The difference is that God speaks deep into your spirit. The devil speaks into your mind. The devil appeases your mind and the devil makes you agree with your environment. That's how you will know the difference. I was speaking to a man recently and he, uh, and he was telling me that uh, I, I still don't know when I'm going to marry and all that. I said, yeah, because it's not a faith. You don't know when you're going to marry because you have no faith. I haven't heard God. No, it's not that you haven't heard God. You've just heard reason. You've got reasons. This is, I need this money. I need to have this kind of wedding. I'm still trying to see if she really is the person for me. She is. You're, you are just wasting your time. She is. She's just touching places in your life that nobody has touched before. He is. He's touching places in your life that nobody has touched before. I mean, I mean, he's not, not the way you think, but he's, he, he's making, he's bringing reality of your, of, of foolishness out of you. Maybe he's telling you to save. Maybe he's telling you don't spend money like this. And you're like, you're not my father. Actually, let, let me say this. One of the litmus tests of a relationship to know if you're marrying a girlfriend or a wife is... <laughs> Should I tell you one of the greatest litmus tests? If you ever open your mouth... Guys, I know you're not many, but let me just say this so it's gone on tape. Guys, until you say you're not my mother, then you know you have... You're marrying a wife and not a girlfriend. And, uh, until the girl one day says, you're not my father. Then you know you're marrying a husband and not a boyfriend. That's a pure litmus test. Something must stretch you to that point that reminds you of what you don't like. <laughs> okay. I just miss people. God always speaks into your spirit, not your environment. If you're ever comfortable, it is not God. That brings me to number four. How do I know? God's voice will challenge our faith. Faith is trust in God. And God is always in the process of deepening that trust. 
Anything that you do that does not stretch your faith is not God. Anything you have that you are able to do by yourself is not God. Something has to stretch you. You can't be the same you were today and five years time nothing has changed. Something has to stretch you. Monty, you've got to look back and say, wow. And when I was doing that, it was I didn't realize that. Recently, a gentleman came to my office and showed me some photographs of when we were doing this church. When I was deep in a meeting with some, when there was no carpets, nothing came. Was, we just put this there and I went back. I said, wow, those days were days of serious faith. Oh, wow. It just took me back like I was like a walking zombie. I was oblivious to reality. These are times that God said, this is where I've given you. And we thank God for where we are. Number five, God's voice will find confirmation with others. That looks like it's contradicting the other one that says conflict human wisdom. Human, your wisdom. But this one I'm talking about, God's voice will find confirmation with others. If you don't have people around you that you trust, that is interested in God in your life than you, then you're in trouble. Let me give you a very good example. You're going out with someone, but nobody, even in your inner circle, knows. There's, there's the devil at the door. You're going out with that girl. Nobody knows that. Even the devil wears Prada. <laughs> because what she's wearing. I'm sorry for you. Your inner circle, nobody knows. And then one day you get an engagement. Surprise! <laughs> There will be many of those surprises. We, after you've surprised us, you're going in for a lot of surprises. He, he will come out with a surprise. <laughs> hey, surprise. Your pastor doesn't know anything. You just came back. We're married. Well done. God bless you. You gave your parents invitation cards to your own wedding. They don't know anything. Well done. I'll clap for you. You know? Keep going on. Nobody confirmed it. Yeah, I was just praying myself. I don't need anyone around you. People who have done that have fallen into untold misery. I know. Not from the church down the road. In this church. Untold misery. Trust me. If I tell you it is not the one, take it to the bank. You are in going into trouble. Because the first thing I see, three things. Red, amber and green. Once you sit down and you start, immediately God just shows me. If I say wait, wait. If I say go, go. Because there are people who have said go and they face trials and trouble in the relationship. The fact that God said it doesn't mean you're not going to have to work it out. But they refused to work it out and they went into red. Broke up and I've said this before. I told one guy, I said, I promise you, I would resign from being pastor if this woman is not your wife. I would resign. I would resign. How foolish can you be? A whole pastor with a track record is telling you he will resign if he's wrong. And you know, there's nothing inside that, you know what? How can someone put their life on the line? I said, I will. He didn't listen. He broke up. Went into another one. And you know, sometimes they go away. It looks like, baby God, I missed it. No. Two years down the line, trouble broke out for where he went to. By his own choice, the person that fitted his life, that became a misfit. And the misfit was the right one. No confirmation. You can't bring it to the people who will tell you the truth. Number six, God's voice will cause fruit. Now, this is very important to me. Anytime God speaks to you, there must be fruit. I've I, I, I got to say this, and I've shared this with so many young guys and young, many young ladies around. Especially guys, there must be fruit. There must be fruit. Come on. God, God cannot speak to you and there is toil. The best fruit he is like a man planted beside the rivers of water that brings out his fruits in his due season. There must be fruit. At the end, there must be fruit. Fruit. There must be fruit. Consistent fruit. When God spoke to me to start, start worship tabernacle, sorry, 
I said, God, there must be fruit. There must be fruit. Gradually, slowly, it started to come. There must be fruit. It was painful initially, but even in that painful process, there was fruit. Because I still wanted to work. But the kind of problems that I acquired, I had to start dealing with families, dealing with relationships, dealing with finances. But I saw fruit, fruit. I saw fruit coming. It was slow, but I saw fruit. There must be fruit. When I started going out with my wife, I saw fruit. There must be fruit. Fruit of peace. Fruit of joy. Fruit of synergy. Even though we had our arguments. But there must be fruit. Something must show that the voice of God brought you to a place. There must be. Number six. Seven, sorry. God's voice will bring calm to our spirit. God's voice produces peace. I said this last week. It brings a sense that everything is under control. Satan's voice or your voice speaks of despair. You've missed it. All is lost. Satan's voice produces fear. It controls by fear. God is not an author of confusion. And that's why I said, let me go back to the scripture I quoted. He says, greater is the spirit in you than is in the world. So how can a pastor come to you and say, you're not being successful because your mother is behind your issues. That brings fear. That brings control. That brings confusion. That brings disunity in the home. Then you pick up and you go and tell your brother. And so none of you speak to your mom anymore. And the poor woman doesn't even know why you're not speaking to her. You bought a house, you never even brought her to the place. You're even getting married and you didn't even inform her. Because one person has told you that the poor woman who brought you up and sent you through uni and made sacrifices now has become the one who wants to bring you down. You, even if so, even, even if so, the Bible still says that you overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. Even if so, does that line up with the scripture? Let me give you counter scriptures. The Bible even says your enemy you should be good to. He didn't say you should be evil to the best. He says even your enemy, your, your, the, 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 the soul that is supposed to kill your life, he says you should be good to. Saul in the Bible, no, David in the Bible saw Saul and was, was had the opportunity to kill Saul twice. But he didn't kill Saul and he showed Saul, he says, look, those who are guarding you are useless. He even went to fight Saul's battle. Helping Saul win battles and Saul wanted to kill him. And this is your mom, this is your father, this is your brother, this is your sister. These are, your, these are people who God brought into your life. So where does that scripture, where does that prophetic word line up? And even if so, God who gave the past of the prophetic word didn't say you should bring disunity. You should just pray. But many of us, we were, we were looking for confusion. Honestly, the only way you know if someone is a true prophet is if he speaks doom. That's when you start to shake. Only to, I'm telling you, I'm, I know what I'm saying. I've said this, was it last week or something? If I make an announcement on Sunday that there's death in the pot and there are children that are going through some that for the next two Wednesdays, we just need to pray. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this whole place will be filled. Children that can't come on Wednesdays because of Thursday morning school, they'll fill this place. Because people operate by fear. They love that fear thing. Pastor says to you, it will be well with you. You go down the road. One psychic fool starts walking down. says, hey, 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 I know you don't know me. And I really don't know you. But as you passed me, I felt something. And here you are. You're coming from church where there was peace. And then you, you're waiting. Yeah, something just tells me there's a lot of confusion in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, 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 and, I, and I feel 
I feel strongly that the confusion comes from the fact that you're about to do something or you're in this relationship. That relationship mm, is not right. This is a relationship your pastor, who has been with you for 10 years, has just confirmed. He really, and fear comes in. We like bad news because it's on the news. Honestly, I hope this starts to resonate in your spirit that from now on, I want to hear good news. There was a time that my wife and I will call our son. How are you and all that? He says, fine. How is everything? Fine. Are you sure you're okay? It's fine. One day I said, why do you keep asking that question? It's fine. But we want to hear something. Unconsciously, we want to hear something went bad. I said, stop asking that question. Jay, how are you? I'm fine. Everything cool? Yeah. If it's not fine, tell me over breakfast next time we meet. Maybe you would have sorted it out by the time we meet. And most of the time, it was all the parents that would say, oh, did JD tell you anything? No, he didn't. And we would ask, what happened? He said, I sorted it out. While the other child was crying, he sorted it out. Streetwise, God is with him. I don't want to hear bad news every single time. I pray for him. I prophesy over his life. That means if he's facing some situation, he would deal with it. God is not the author of confusion. God's voice is gentle. I'm persuasive, but it's free from pressure. That's how you will be able to discern between your will and God's will. Amen. I'm going to stop there. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, Call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19, 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.